Welcome to our final episode in this, our first season of the Just Believe podcast, where we share stories to encourage and inspire. Thank you for sticking with us, and we look forward to sharing more stories with you in our next season. So stay tuned. Until then, let's hear from today's special guest, Dexter Smith. Enjoy. All right, so my story of how I got saved. That's an interesting story. Uh, so I grew up in Portland, country youth. Uh, it was was a good upbringing. Grew up with both parents being home, and you know they tried their best to, to raise me the best way possible. Uh, I somewhat grew up around the church. Can't say I grew up in church. My mom she attended church for a while, and I would attend church with her. I never had a choice really. I think for most Jamaican young people, you don't have a choice when your mother says she's going to church. She's going to church, you are going to church. So that was the kind of upbringing that I had. And when I went to church, though, I never, I never had issues. I enjoyed it for the most part. But growing up, I really wanted to explore. And I think every child, young person wants to explore. You know, they want to, to learn their boundaries. They want to know what they can and cannot do. And that was kind of my life. So I remember going to high school, and I'll, I'll fast forward the story to about ninth grade. I, I had a, a growth spurt in ninth grade, and I think that kind of brought about a lot of things. It brought about me just being taller, um, over six feet, and trying to figure out, okay, I'm tall, I'm a big man. You know, I can do what I want to do. And I feel like that kind of, it put a lot in my mind in terms of trying to explore more and learning more about myself and, you know, all that was happening during puberty. So I remember when I went into 10th grade, uh, this is where my life started to take a, a lot of turns. I remember in 10th grade, my friends, we started this crew called Top Class Crew. And it always, it's always funny to me because I was in a crew, but I never had all the characteristics of a crew member. I wasn't interested in fighting. I was I wasn't the, the war boat as as we say. I was not interested in that at all. I was just mainly in the crew because it brought about that sense of belonging. Okay, I'm a part of a crew, I'm a part of a group of guys. We're cool, you know, walk through school like people know, okay, it's a top class crew. We wouldn't put graffiti everywhere, but a couple of graffiti would be around to on the benches to know that okay, top class crew is here or something to that effect. You know, that was how we would roll. And that for me was uh, I would call it like a community that I was interested being a part of because as I said I wanted to be cool and being a part of this crew there came a lot of peer pressure for me and probably I didn't realize at the time but I was highly influenced by my peers and I realized that whatever they wanted to do I would just go along with it so whether it was something good or bad you know, as, as the, the old adage said if somebody jumped off a bridge you'd jump to I'd probably jump if my friends were jumping that, that was the, the point that I was at during 10th grade I was trying to trying to learn a lot and trying to see what can I do? What can I not do? And the friends that I was around were the ones that kind of pushed, pushed me into doing uh, different things and kind of influencing me, whether it was wrong or right to do things. Some of the guys would probably carry a knife to school. And, you know, I remember I used to sharpen like the end of a, a felt-tip comb and, you know, play around with it at school. And it was it was, it was was an odd situation because there are were, there were points when you're trying to, as, as a crew, you're trying to show dominance. You're trying to show that, oh, we are we are, we are are the it, we are the boss, we are X, we are Y. And being like that would have, would have said something. I remember I, I, I had a ratchet knife and I would never carry it to school, but I would always have it on my person when I, whenever I was in the community because it was like, yo, I have a ratchet knife and I can roll it around my finger, a tree star, I feel like I'm a man. You know, that, that was where I was at that point in my life. I remember the crew, one time there was a big fight at a library, a public library and 
the crew was outside fighting and I was far off looking at them fighting and I was not interested in going in the fight at all and that was the oddest thing I'm a part of a crew but the fight going on I'm not in the fight and that, that just showed me or it shows me now <laughs> that I was just being a part of the crew just for the namesake and for the hype of it I remember one of the biggest things though was that and it kind of it kind of affected uh, the latter part of my, my high school years was just drinking. Uh, I realized that I had a little bit of a drinking quote-unquote problem because during high school, I was always the tallest one of the group. So I could easily take out my uniform or my school shirt and I could go into the supermarket and buy this alcoholic beverage called Pinoali. I would mix up the Pinoali with peanut and stuff. It was a, a, rum, a rum punch of sorts. And, you know, we'd drink and come from school. I remember one day I was drunk coming from school, literally. We were walking and all I seen in front of me is two roads. So my life wasn't necessarily going where it was supposed to have gone. During those those years, you know, between 10th and 11th grade, I was kind of exploring, okay, girlfriends and getting girls. And that was always the, the, the mindset. But I remember I had a lot of insecurities because I had, I had my, my, my teeth were all over the place in my mouth. <laughs> that was that was interesting all over the place so my thing was always being a part of this crew brought me self-confidence because I felt like I could walk up to a girl and talk to her you know not feeling no way about facts you know I had, I had some mash up teeth and things so that always was a big part of my, my life at that point just being a part of the crew being around these friends being influenced by them you know you man go look the girl man you talk to that girl and my friends will go and talk to a girl and say oh, my friend like you and you know stuff like that high school things you know that was a big part of influencing my life so I've, I noticed during that period that my whole focus in terms of schooling and schoolwork was non-existent like zero I had no interest in schoolwork. Uh, my, 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 my focus was really about the friendship and the hype and going to the parties because I would, I would be at every party. Well, not, let's not say every. Because my mother had a thing where she would say, you're not going X, you're not going Y. And I would listen for the most part. But then there were periods when I would sneak out of the house in the night and I would end up at a party and I would not come back until like 3, 4 o'clock. And you might say, what? In whose house? Well, my mother, what she would do is go to bed, lock every single door. But I grew up in the country. If you know anything about um, Louvre window and things where you can take out. And I grew up in the country where you could actually lift the windows and lift it and kind of rattle it so much where you get the window open. Um, that's not a good thing. But um, I used to find a way to either get into the house through the window or through the back door. I used to do all sorts of things to get into the house. So my, my influence at that point was just trying to live live out my life and live it to the fullest. You know, I remember uh, it was so bad in terms of how, how I was trying to live where I used to be on a morning shift. My school had two shifts. It was morning and evening. And you know, you transition to different shifts per, per semester. So I was on a morning shift at one point and I would wait on a particular bus in the evening. So my morning shift would end at 12.30 and I would not get home until 6.00. Because we're all waiting on this one bus, which we consider to be the hype bus. Everybody was all lapped up, girls in guys' lap, and we were playing music, and we were dancing, going on the bus. All sorts of things would happen in that bus, going home. And, you know, it was so, it was so odd at that point, because, you know, I wasn't thinking about all of, all of the, 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 the bad things that were happening to me mentally. Or the fact that, you know, I wasn't focused on school. I was just really focusing on, you know, how can I, you know, get better at just being a cool guy? You know, that was where I was at. And I remember going back to the whole schooling thing that I was doing pretty well or welling off in high school where I was in 7-1. No, the ones are the better classes, right? So I was in 7-1, 8-1, 9-1, 10-1. Almost fell out of 10-1 to 10-2-1 at one point. But 
11, right? So I was going through schooling and I was okay going up. But I remember when it got to CXC time, when I was supposed to do my exams and stuff, I went into these exams and for the most part, I knew nothing on these papers. I remember doing CXC and I go into the, the math exam especially. And I sit and I look at the math paper and I'm like, what is this? Like trigonometry and all this stuff, algebra, I did not know anything. I was just looking around in the exam at paper writing and doing up the paper. And I did not know what I was doing. And I remember going through all my exams and this was the situation. Going through and I knew nothing that I was doing. And I realized at this point that, yo, I was messed up. Because you went to school for five years and at the end of five years, you are, you are, what you want to achieve is to get your CXCs, to get your, your school diploma, and to leave high school. That's what everybody does. You go to school, you do your CXCs, or you do whatever you need to do at the end of your high school, and you leave, and you go to college or wherever. You start to work. Everybody's situation is different, but you leave high school with some amount of qualification. So I got my exam results, and this is the point when I realized that it was really bad for me. I got none of my subjects that I did. I did five CXCs, and I got none, like zero. And the worst one was math. I got an ungraded math. Now, I don't know how you get an ungraded in a subject, but I learned that day how you get an ungraded. I did nothing on that paper. I really knew nothing on the math paper. And that was when my transition came because my mother was livid. My mom was livid, you know. She was like, yo, I spend so much money to go to school and put, invest so much into you and you come out to nothing. And the funny part about it is that my mom is actually a teacher. That made it worse. Because, you know, she expected so much of me. I remember my initial years of high school, 7th and 8th grade, she, she had the, the pleasure of coming to school and hearing that, you know, I got first in like five subjects in, in school and, you know, I was doing well, you know, and, and my teachers would say good things about me. So as a lot of part of my years, my teachers were all saying him chat too much in a class or I'm more listening to we are. There was always something that was off about me during the latter years of my life, of my high school life. And... My mother was really livid, she was upset. You know, I remember there were points when, because I was in a rebellious, rebellious phase of my life, there were points when my mother was like, she couldn't deal with it, she couldn't deal with it. My mom used to slap me in my face. You know, imagine somebody shot at leaping up to slap you in your face. You know, that, that was, it was really bad, it was really bad. And there were points when my brother and my sister would come from Kingston and they were, they were into studies, into college, into university and stuff. And they would try to, you know, encourage me to do better, try to encourage me to to live better and to study and to work harder. But I never understood the concept. So I left high school without any subjects. And the funny part about it also is that I left high school and because I didn't get any subjects, I just made up my mind that I was not going to graduate. So I did not graduate from high school. I went to high school for five years and I did not graduate. So all my friends, they have pictures with themselves in their gowns and stuff. I don't have it because I made up my mind I was not going. And what, what was even weird about this whole situation is that one of my friends, which is one of my, my good friends uh, in the crew, and he was a friend outside the crew as well. He got about three of his subjects. And I remember to this day, I questioned him. I was like, yo, how you get your subject then? And we always just never there study. And we never there do what we're supposed to do. He was like, well, I'm going to go home and study. <laughs> like, I actually study, I'm going to go home. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> but when I went to I studied. And I never knew that concept. When I went to my house, I watched TV, go to my bed, you know, do some stuff I'm supposed to do. I was not focused at all. 
So it got to a place where my mother had to make a decision. And my parents, I should say, had to make a decision. They were like, is it, are you going to do a trade? You're going to work some odd job in the country? You're going to do some farming? Like, where are you going to do? My father was like, make him the trade. Because this boy go to school for five years and come out to nothing. What list? My mother was like, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to ship you to Kingston. I'm going to give you a change of environment because probably that's what you need. Okay, not listening to me. You're rebelling. You're doing what you want to do. I'll give you a change of environment. So my mom sent me to Kingston to live with my brother and my sister. And as I mentioned, they were into college and university and stuff. And the good thing about their influence is that they were saved. They were Christians. And that brought about a difference to my life because... No, I'm seeing something different. I was going to church on a regular basis because my brother and my sister are going to church. They would not leave me back at the house. This time I was around 16, they're about. Uh, I couldn't make my own decisions, but they were like, we're not leaving here by yourself, so just come to church with us. And I would go to church, and I made a new set of friends, or I saw a new set of people that were progressing. These were young people around my age who were interested in living not just... Uh, an average life, but serious about their academics and about just life in general, you know. They, they weren't just living, as the term says, one of my friends would say, willy-nilly, you know. They were seeking to live up. And the influence of, of them plus the influences of my, my brother and my sister really kind of brought about a difference in terms of my mindset and just outlook on life. And I remember I, uh, when I came to Kingston, I started doing over my subjects. I did uh, high school for a year. And I also was doing some some courses with with one of those learning institutions, uh, private learning institutions. So I remember doing six CXCs and I got five of them. I still don't have maths. Uh, that's just jokingly sometimes, not doing it over. But I remember doing six CXCs in one year. Not very much you're studying for two years to pass CXCs and you don't pass them, but you come for one year and you pass them. And I I kind of look at that and I was like, a lot of it had to do with me not being focused, but also a lot of it has to do with what I'm about to share now. Now, I remember when I came to Kingston, my brother and my sister were influencing me a lot to study and to just, you know, be be better, you know, be an overachiever. Don't don't just settle. And that was big for me. But I also remember that when I, I started going to church, like the outlook and my view started to change. Uh, I started to learn more about God. I remember vividly one convention that we had in August and the speaker was talking I just couldn't shake it I was just sitting in a chair and I I couldn't shake what he was saying he was talking about God he was speaking about the gospel and it really shook me in the chair like for the first time not that I, I, I've never heard about Jesus Christ and his love for me and those things but for the first time it really had an impact on me really I really was sitting and focused on what the, the, the preacher was saying. And it was it was, it was was packaged in such a way where I couldn't hide from it anymore. I couldn't hide from the fact that God sent his only begotten son to die for me and that Jesus Christ loved me like he laid on his life for me. I couldn't shake it. And at that point on the 16th of August, 2002, if I correct, I walked to that altar and I was like, I want to give my life to Jesus. And I was baptized that same night, that same night. You know, church, that ch the church I went to, they were not going to send me home and not baptize me. And I must say, it has been a wonderful experience being saved. Um, coming into the relationship with, with Jesus has just been a complete transition in my life. Uh, can I say it is an easy walk? No, it is definitely not an easy walk. I would not tell you a lie. You know, it, it is not easy, but I can say it is the best decision that I have ever made in my life. 
you know, when I see how much has changed about me, like my whole persona, my whole outlook on life, truly I can say that salvation really brought about something different. Yo, let me tell you, say Jesus changed you, he can change you. He really did that for me. He transformed me. He completely made over my life. There are a lot more elements to it, but he really brought about something different. Something that, that was new, something that was fresh, something that was unexpected. He really filled that void in my life that I was looking for. Because really I was searching. When you really look at my story, I was searching. And I, I was searching for, for acceptance. I was searching for, for, for life. And I couldn't find it in the things I was looking for, looking um, for it in. You know, whether it was the friends, whether it was the company, whether it was the girls. I couldn't find it in all those things. But I ultimately can say I found it in Jesus Christ. And he brought about transformation. No, I'm, I'm still saved, still living for God, still glorifying him, th still thanking him every day for all that he has done for me, all that he did for me. When he, when he, 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 he saved me, when he found me, because truly I was lost. Truly I was lost. He found me. And I want to encourage somebody, you know, probably listening and you're going through uh, a period in your life where you're not sure what is going on, you're searching and you're looking for it in alcohol because I used to drink holy, I used to drink a lot, I had an alcohol problem. You know, I, I, I really thought that high school really brought that into me, I used to drink a lot. Probably you're searching for it in girls and the funny part about it is <laughs> while I was searching for it in women, I was afraid of women because I was averaging up until I got married, that's another story. But, um, yeah, I was searching for it. I was trying to find it in those things. And I just couldn't find it. But I found myself. I found newness in Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you. That if you're looking, and probably you're a parent who are, um, you're going through a, a phase now. Your child is just rebellious. I want to encourage you. Don't give up on them. Keep on praying for them. Because my mother was a praying mother. She always used to pray for us. Um, even though we never wanted to get up in the morning and pray, she used to pray for us. Continue praying for your child. Continue encouraging your child. Don't give up on them. Because you don't know what they can turn out to be. They can be the next president, the next prime minister. You don't know. They can be the next preacher. They can be surrendered to Christ. Don't give up. Continue to trust um, God for them. And if you are going through a period of your life where you're not sure about what to do, my thing is, try Jesus. You'll never be the same. You just heard the testimony of Dexter Smith on the Just Believe podcast. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Become right-minded and stop sinning because some people are ignorant about God. I say this to your shame. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, 34.